Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to the first Britflix Frightfest preview podcast. My name is Stuart Wright, and today I've got with me, please introduce yourself. Uh, Chad Archibald, the director of Bite. Director of Bite, okay. Now, without too many spoilers, uh, give us a brief synopsis of Bite, please. Uh, Bite's basically about this girl who's uh, on her bachelorette party. With uh, a few of her friends, they go down to Costa Rica, and they end up wandering off the beaten path, and uh, they dive into a, a weird lagoon, and uh, the one girl ends up getting bit by something. She goes home, and through, throughout the next week, she starts uh, her bug bite starts getting worse and worse and worse, and she starts basically becoming this creature. So it's a little bit, you know, fly-esque. Um, and a little bit of body horror, but she's also kind of dealing with this fact that she's she's not quite ready to to get married and have kids, and she's kind of going through this whole personal dilemma as well. The kind of parallels with this, you know, her becoming kind of I, I won't get into too much of, of that. I don't want to spoil anything, but but so so what you're trying to take the idea of becoming a woman from an, an adult, as it were, and then obviously other things yeah. that happen. Yeah, and I think as well, there's there's a parallel between. Um, you know, her not ready to have kids and this this thing that's bit her has basically sent her into a spiral of, like, laying these eggs. Okay, okay. To eggs. So she's kind of, uh, her instincts are forcing her to um, become motherly protective over them. So you've, you've already given us a good a good solid hint there with the comparison with the fly, and uh, which, which for anyone who checks out the trailer, you can, you can see some of that. Um, and... And mentioning body horror, but what would you be your ratio? Do you think if fifty-fifty was equal between scares and gross-out ratio of this movie? I think it's a much a much grosser film than it is scares. Um, you know, we've got a ton of reviews. We just had our world premiere at Fantasia. Okay, and, congratulations. Uh, we had uh, we had some incidents. At the uh, at the theater, we actually handed out barf bags to everyone just as a joke. <laughs> uh, they, they had little emblems on them. They said "Bite the official barf bag," and uh, it was just a little bit of a joke. But during the actual screening, um, two people threw up, and one person fainted. And they actually called an ambulance there. Which, I mean, the little the horror geek inside me, as a filmmaker, I was 
I was, uh, you know, check that off my bucket list. But I was, uh, I was pretty shocked actually, because I mean, none of none of it's really gross to me because we made it. We had so much fun making it. We just we built this set right around the corner from my house and uh, and covered in goo and eggs and and it was just so much fun to make and you know it looked so gross. Um, but I guess you know once you don't see the behind the scenes and uh, you add some sound and and uh, everything to it, I guess it's I guess it's pretty gross apparently. <laughs> that's that's a result, isn't it? I mean, that, and it's almost a, it's a threat now coming to Fright Fest with that one. It's uh, hold on to your stomachs, I guess. I know. I've actually had some people reached out to me saying that it, we should be sending barf eggs over there. <laughs> cool, cool. Now um, you've got story credit on this as well as directing it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us maybe uh, what was the transition then from where where your idea or story is taken huh? up by by the screenwriter? Yeah, so I basically had this uh, had this idea from um, my my sister in law came back from Guatemala and she uh, she had been in the jungle doing kind of some animal rescue work, and she had bug bites all over, like top to bottom. I couldn't believe how many bug bites she had. Okay. Uh, she was right in the right in the jungle, and there's so many so many insects every year that are discovered that you know we have no idea what they are. Um, there's so many out there that are undiscovered, and I kind of just. I looked at her. I was like, God, like, what? You don't even know what bit. You don't even know what bit you like. What if one of those got worse? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the idea is, you know, what if one of those got worse? And that's uh, that's where it all started. So I uh, sat down. I wrote a ten-page treatment. Um, went through it. It came together super quick. Um, and uh, I got really excited about the project and sent it down to a writer friend of mine in LA uh, named Jamie LaForest. And uh, he dove right in, and you know we had a we had a script. It came together, you know, very quickly. And before we knew it, we were tossing eggs and goo on walls. How did that process work? I mean, I'm, I'm screaming out of myself. How did that work between you starting off with the um, with that ten page treatment and then sending it away? Did you did you talk through it? Did you insist on things you wanted, or was it like make of this what you will and tell tell me when you're done? Um. It was a pretty detailed treatment. Um, So, I mean, Jamie said that – I think Jamie wrote in six days. He said it came together really well because he just basically had to fill in dialogue and – and kind of, you know, structure some of the characters and, and whatnot. And I, re- you know, I've seen, a, uh, I've read a ton of the stuff that he's done, so I had a lot of trust with him. Okay. We were actually filming another movie at the time. So I, uh, I had jumped on a few phone calls with him and sent him a ton of notes and examples and photos and, you know, all the things that we were looking for. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we just worked really, really well together. He gave me a few calls and we just, uh, you know, kind of worked on some of the parallels and, and whatnot. But it, it was, uh, probably one of the easiest writing experiences. Um, that I've had with someone. In terms of that collaboration between you and the writer, what was the hardest challenge to resolve in terms of the storytelling from your treatment to how it developed as a screenplay? Uh, well, I think, first of all, he's on the other side of the country, so I could only speak to him over the phone. Uh, so that was definitely a challenge. But I think uh, with this, you know, we were working with a very, very tiny budget, Um very little money, like the majority, like the set was built by me and a few of my friends. Like okay. it was a very, very small film. And, uh, anytime you have someone else writing it, um, you know, you always have to kind of keep them on track, make sure that it doesn't get too big, uh, so big that you can't actually pull it off. So, okay. and that's, you know, we are, we're always trying to do that. We're trying to make sure that we can actually achieve what we're trying to shoot opposed to doing it poorly and doing a big idea poorly, you know? So, um, so that was a little bit of a challenge, but, uh, but again, it was, uh, 
pretty seamless. So what you're saying there is it was kind of like uh, there was the first off, here's the starting point, and then as you started to get things ready, it was it, it became a, a, a question of almost like reverse engineering where you could shoot back into the script. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I mean, I gave them uh, I gave him the insight already on kind of what we're at for budget and and whatnot. So I mean, he had a good a good grasp of that, but you know. You got to make sure that you know. Oh, we're gonna have to cut the helicopters out of there because that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> no gunships then. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Thinking of that, then obviously, and, and, and like you say, but the budgets are finite, even on even on big budget films. Never mind low budget ones. So w- while you were going through there, and the things the things that you wanted to achieve, never mind the stuff that you thought I can't afford it, but thinking of what you really wanted to, to achieve during that pre production stage. Which aspects of the sh- of the shoot seemed insurmountable, and what breaks did you get? Um, I mean, one of the the biggest issues that, that people came to me with, um, just our executive producers and whatnot, a breakthrough. They they were a little worried on how we were going to fill this place with goo and eggs. Okay. Um, like, where are we going to get that amount of just gross crap <laughs> webbing and everything? Um, <laughs> And I, I really had no idea how that. I just figured we'd figure it out. So I went online. I started looking everywhere. And there was, um, there was a website that had these little things. They were like little beads that you put in water and they expand. Kind of like you see them sometimes in plants and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. plants when you're on holiday and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, but the most, a lot of those are kind of mildly toxic. Um, but these ones are actually called, um, they're called spitballs. I guess you're supposed to, you know, they're for kids. You spit them through straws at each other or something like that. Lovely, lovely. Anyway, so I got a, I got a little package of those, ordered them from Ohio or something. I came in and I, you know, went into my bathroom and, you know, put a big bucket there and I put a ton of water and put these things in, went to sleep. And the next day I came back and they were overflowing. They were everywhere. I was like, yes, this is perfect. So I had 30,000 of them. And uh, yeah, we pretty much had a we pretty much had a room that was just full of buckets, and you know, I I put coffee in them, maple syrup, and you'd put just a different different liquids in them to to absorb, so that they were kind of like you know, an orangey yellowy color, and um, yeah, and then we just got buckets of this this powder that you mix in with water, and it turns into goo. We just we had endless buckets of goo and eggs and. It was, uh, and still, even then, you know, every day I was like, more, more, more. <laughs> we had like six people stirring in this powder into, into stuff. And then, uh, you know, just worked on the set with our production designer, Vince. Um, he did such a good job. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were lucky to, to kind of pull it off. Um, but that was, that was, I think, our biggest challenge was trying to make that look real as well. Like, we, we want to make sure there was no CGI or anything like that, really, in, in the set. Yeah. Um, we wanted it all to feel real, feel gooey, feel slimy. Um, and it, it was. Our whole crew was covered in goo. Everyone was like, you know, everyone was, like, annoyed the first day that it was really gooey because all their clothes were destroyed. But, you know, after they, you know, gave in and, you know, stopped worrying about getting dirty, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and given given you built this sort of not far from where you live, the exotic kind of place where she gets bitten, did, did you go on location? Did, where did you go on location for that? Or is that just... Yeah. A- yeah, so we actually, we filmed pretty much the whole movie around the corner from my house, and then we flew down to Dominican Republic and shot a, shot just the intro of the film there. And uh, it's all, you know, it's kind of found footage style. It's basically, you know, their their cameras while they're filming their bachelorette party. Yeah. There. 
So, I mean, I think people get a little scared at the start. They're like, oh, is this a found footage movie? But it's really not. It just okay. has like little intro at the start. And it's all, you know, found footage has its, has its place, I think. Um, and this was just, just one of those things that really worked well. It's just, uh, kind of catching candid moments with, uh, with these girls on their bachelorette party. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess if, it, I mean, found footage as a, as a kind of subgenre is a whole thing, but the idea of, inserting it as a and i can imagine how that works having seen the, the trailer you know you've got that notion of here they are at play before all the horror starts yeah yeah exactly and it feels real and it feels like you know there it doesn't feel like they're turning on a camera and pointing it hmm. when it shouldn't be it seems like you know natural it's that's a hard thing with found footage is that you always end up watching it going why would they still be running a camera right now there's zombies that <laughs> attacking you know why would they still be focused and how are they how is their framing so well you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind of holocaust does that really well <laughs> yeah yeah so so what was um what do you consider to be your, i mean obviously finishing a film is a big achievement for all filmmakers um what do you what do you consider to be the biggest achievement of bike for yourself um I think I just wanted to make something that was a little fun. And I mean, I don't, I don't, like, I don't think it's a comedy or anything like that, but, um, it's a gruesome film and that's what we were going for. But I wanted to do gruesome that wasn't, um, you know, arms getting chopped off and like, you know, horrible, like, like really body torture kind of stuff. Yeah. This is just goo and eggs, but it's like, I just wanted to achieve something that was, that was gross outside of the realm of, you know, people getting their heads cut off and stuff, which I mean, you know, obviously is great as well. But for this one, this was kind of like a exercise in, in, uh, in goo. So you were after, you were after the, the, uh, the gag reflex rather than making us sort of twinge all over. With... Yeah. And I think I just wanted to make something that was simple. Um, okay. I, mean, I, I did Brownsman last year and it was, um, it was a really big film for us on a very small budget. And, um, you know, I'm really happy with everything that came out, but I mean, trying to kind of make co coherent stories and uh, backstories and all this, all the detail that's in it. Um, I just wanted to do something that was fun and simple, mm. uh, simple idea um, with, and, and I guess I also wanted to, you know, just really work on Casey's character. It's a very, like, it's a personal story. It's all, it's, you know, most of it's in one place, one location about this girl having, having, um, you know, doubts about her her future, and now, I think that came across. I mean, no, cool. No, I think that's I think that's that's always better in in horror films if you can if you can ground it in a character we can we can empathise with as opposed to just simply worry about them. I mean, exactly. That's not you know we worry about a child when we go to the shops. You know what I mean? We don't we don't spend one and a half hours wait doing it. Um, <laughs> um, but. Um, Without giving too much away, and and in a sense, with the uh, fainting and the puking that's already gone on while watching your movie, I, uh, I I dare ask the question in some senses. But what what are you most excited to see with the Fright Fest audience watching your movie? Um, I think it's the same as as with Fantasia. I was so excited to actually sit down in in a theater and watch um, the reactions from people. Mm. Uh, I had watched it with a few people back home. Um, just like five of us in a, in a basement and uh, just watching them squirm and, and laugh and, you know, shout out loud and the oohs and ahs and whatnot. It was so much fun experiencing that, that, uh, you know, Fight Fest has such an amazing audience. And unfortunately I won't be able to be there this year, but, uh, 
but I, I've got my, my spies in the audience who are going to report back to me and let me know how everyone reacted. So, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to be, a, be an, an ad hoc spy for you then as part of that campaign to keep okay. you informed across the ocean. <laughs> now, um, let's remind everybody, when, when and where can people see the film at Frightfest? So you can see the film on Monday, August 31st at 3.35 p.m., uh, I believe in Discovery 3. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Uh, now, we at Britflix, we like people to recommend us a British movie. And uh, it seems fitting that for Frightfest, we ask people to recommend us a British horror movie. So, Chad, do you want to give us your uh, your fave British horror movie? Uh, you know, it's one of my favorite films for sure. Uh, the Descent, I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, again, even even before Bite, I watched Descent. Uh, there's some moments in it where they use, you know, they use the ultra slime, they use the goo, they use, um, you know, elements to sog down their sets and, and whatnot. And uh, it's just such a well-made, well-made film. Uh, huge Neil Marshall fan as well. He was at Fantasia this year. And, uh, yeah. Did you, get to to see, did you get to see Tales of Halloween then? I didn't. I actually got there right after. Oh, I was super. My buddy actually rode in a cab with him. Fantastic! <laughs> to, uh, fantastic. From the airport, I was super jealous. No, there's a, there's a there's a list knocking about at the moment of best horror films since 2000, a, a top 50, and I think I yeah. think from around the descent in the top 10. Oh, absolutely! It's a classic. So, do you have? Um, you said you've played at Fantasia and you obviously at Frightfest now. Do you have an official release date, or how can people get to see it other than Frightfest? Uh, we don't have an official release date yet. Uh, we just wanted to kind of stay on the festival circuit a little bit. Okay. Uh, with the film. So we did Fantasia. Uh, we're doing Fright Fest. We have Fantasy Fest after that. Um, after the screening at Fantasia, we've just been bombarded with festivals, um, oh, asking for the film. Uh, I just unfortunately can't actually announce any of them yet. Okay, that's but, cool. Uh, but I mean, if you, you know, check out our Facebook page, uh, Bite the Movie. Or blackfunfilms.com, uh, you can you can see all of our screening dates as they're announced. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. So whenever anybody arrives back at this podcast, if it's not if it's after Fright Fest, they can uh, they can follow that up. Excellent. Okay, Chad. Well, look. Thank you very much. You are the first of many Fright Fest preview <laughs> podcasts that I'm going to be going through. So I appreciate your patience as my newbie. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thanks so much, Stuart. This is great. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 